Okay. Let's see if this is going to work. <clears throat> there he is. Invite to co-host. See if we can get that working. And then I'm going to go and grab some tweets to put up here. All right, so Dagobert, you should have an invite to be a co-host, in which case uh, you'll be able to speak and invite people up and share stuff to the nest up top and all those things. So let me know if you're not seeing that. You may, if you're not on mobile, <laughs> maybe I should have mentioned that. Uh, I think you can only listen to spaces on the web, but you, in order to like interact and all that stuff. I'm actually surprised it's Dagobert's first time. That's crazy. Dun, dun. All right, let's try that again. Invite to co-host. Let's see if that works. Just getting set up here, getting everybody on board. Welcome, welcome. We'll get started in a few minutes. Thanks for hanging out with us and for your patience. I think it's Dagobert's first time, so we're getting him all set up on spaces. <laughs> dun, dun. All right, there we go. Requested. Oh, is that working? Nope, invite to co-host. Send invite. Hey. Okay, seems to be working. Nice. All righty, there we go. Um, okay. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, it's fine. Awesome, awesome. Feels like I, I got this new mic set up and it sounds like it's not uh it's not happening. It sounds good. It sounds good. Oh good. The audio is just coming through the I think it's duplicating. It's coming through in a different way. But that's okay. We will 
get it worked out. Hopefully I'm not, you know, doubling up on my sound. No, it's fine. All right. Well, why don't we dive in and get started? We got some people here. I imagine they are all here for you. So thanks for doing this chat with I me. Hope. <laughs> um, these have been great, though. So I'm Darren. These are these I call these Craftsman Creative Workshops uh, because I get on these spaces all the time and people are just like talking theory and talking philosophy around being a creator. Yeah. Like, well, that's great and all. But how do I actually do this? <laughs> and what do, what do I need to do today and tomorrow and next week and next month in order to, to grow stuff? So I'm really excited for this chat with Dagobert. And we were reminiscing uh, in our DMs a little bit a few minutes ago. And like back when you had, I don't know, 267 followers or something like that, you messaged me and sent me a... Yeah, even less. <laughs> sent me a request to chat. And I was like, oh, I love this. This is the best part about Twitter. You can chat with people and get to know them and learn about what other people are doing and what's working and i think you reached out to me about like what's working i think we met <laughs> we, we met on indie hackers we met on indie hackers before even twitter i think that's what it was you know, yeah i think holy cow yeah yeah and i have i haven't been super active on there in the last little while so um what we're going to talk about today is how to build an audience using twitter and you have just been a perfect person to uh, reach out to and to to have this conversation with because you've really done it. Um, it was so fun. Yeah. Initially, I'll admit it was a little uh, disheartening because I saw you eclipse my following number within a few months of our chat. <laughs> and then, man, you're just like been on an explosive rise the last uh, few months. So it's been so great to see. And but what else is great is that you talk a lot about how Twitter has helped you grow your business. And that was a strategic decision that you made. So why don't you um, give us a little bit of intro for those who may not know you. I'm sure everybody's here who's here are already following you and yeah. know you, but like, give us the brief, uh, you know, uh, biography of like who you are and, and what you do and why, and then we'll go into like, what made you, what made you choose Twitter? software engineer you know for most of my my time my professional time i say i don't say career because i was mostly a consultant but i guess you could say a career um and you know so i was mostly focused on that i also dabbled in a few things like design uh managing parts, mostly coding and then it was like very bored up Although it was the best job I could play out, I think great, you know, almost no meetings, like very perfect kind of job. But even that, you know, after so many time working with other people, I kind of like was bored of that. And I wanted to try something new and I realized, okay, um, even the best job doesn't fulfill me, I need to do something of my own. So I decided to build a startup. So at first with my wife, we decided to build a startup. We were very excited, we had many ideas. And then as we expected, we thought we would be billionaires after a couple of years, you know, I guess like many people, but you know, that was just like this hope and dream of like, make so, uh, because, but then, and you know, it was, it's going to be thought. So then there will be 
because it was making basically selling an app to build logos. We were among because we were on and at that point, okay, clearly it's not because of the product. To customer, they tell me they literally the problem is marketing. Like it took me a while, it took me a couple of years, but then I finally understood that. But then at first I thought, okay, this is not good for me because I'm not good at marketing. Like I thought this is a good product, but I'm not the right guy for it. And my wife either, but she's not a marketer, uh, you know, neither. So I was kind of like, and eventually I had to choose between either he didn't want or keep trying to do marketing anyway. And so, you know, I kept trying uh, and eventually I I figured out a way with Twitter to, to make That's amazing. So it's necessity is something that helps sometimes when you're in business and you're uh, confronted with like the reality yep. of, oh man, this, uh, in order for this to work, people need to know about it and people need to visit our website and make the decision to become customers and things like that. And so it's so cool. So I, you were breaking up a little bit there. I don't know if it, if it was breaking up for anybody else. Um, maybe give me a thumbs up if, if anyone else is experiencing that, because I do want to make sure we tweak it if we, if we need to, but let's kind of dive in. And for those of you here, um, just a quick plug. Thank you all for being here. Today's actually my book launch. And so, uh, you can see up at the top here, um, I released the book today and it's all about being a creative professional. It's about how to go from a creator to a business owner. And so I invite you to check that out as we kind of chat through. And then in about 20 minutes or so after we've you know gone back and forth on a few questions and topics, we'll open it up for Q&A. And so if you've got questions for, for Dago or for myself or about the creative process or about marketing or Twitter, that's this is a great place to do that. So we definitely want to invite you to stick around. We'll do some Q&A in a little bit. Um, so what's interesting is I think you were – one of the many inspirations for me to start focusing more on Twitter and to uh, to really double down yeah. and what that meant for me was was not just like do twice as much, but it was more a process of elimination. So don't spend all the time on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and blog and everywhere else, but really just focus on one single channel yeah. until it worked. And that to me is the most important part of the whole statement is until it worked. So I think too many creators yeah. give up after a month or a week or six weeks or two months or three months or even a year of uh, quasi consistent or inconsistent effort. And they write it off like, oh, it didn't work. And, you know, I'm I'm sitting here eight months in from when I started really taking Twitter seriously I've added about 800 or so followers in that time. Yeah. And I'm still a really small channel, you know, like I have book launch today and I think I've sold five to 10 copies, which is amazing. It's That's brilliant. Yeah. Like, it makes me smile ear to ear, but man, I sat here going, what if I had 10,000? What if I had 20,000? What would yeah, my book launch yeah. be? And it, it really motivates me to keep going. And like I said, you were one of the people that I, 
was following and going, wow, this is actually really important and very beneficial and a really viable path to growing a creative business. So yeah, talk, talk to us a little bit about like, how did you get started? What worked early on? What didn't work early on? And again, like why Twitter over, you know, SEO or a blog or a newsletter or other social media channels? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I did by, you know, I wanted to do marketing and I thought I could just spend money on Google ads and that will do the marketing for me. And I think that's the dream when you're like not into marketing is to think you can just put money in and get money out. And that's the marketing you do. And that's easy. So I tried that. I think I spent like, I mean, no, I did spend $600 on Google ads uh, and I got like 600 visits to my site, but zero sales. So that was humbling, realizing there was so much work to do to convince people more than just like put money on Google. Uh, then I also sponsored newsletters and it failed too. Uh, you know, so then I started thinking, okay, I need to reach people like organically. I mean, it's not like I thought about it. It's like, I'm not going to keep working. I have no choice. Um, so then I started being active on indie hackers. Uh, I started finding kind of a good voice there, uh, interacting with other people, also writing some posts. I got a couple of times on top of the front page. So it got me some momentum of like, uh, you know, writing and connecting with people, which got me a few sales to my startup. And then eventually, you know, when I had to go to a job, I went in on like just trying every marketing channel I I could find so I tried so I was on indie hackers I also tried reddit I tried product hunt discussion boards and I tried twitter and the funny thing with twitter is initially honestly I just was there to spam my shit you know I was just like okay I'm just gonna put my link everywhere I, I wasn't there to like bring value I mean people tell you, you need to bring value but when you're starting out you don't want to bring value you want people to click on your link like you know it's very selfish uh, you know, because you're just desperate. You want money, you want customers, you want some, you know, some success. So I was basically just searching for people saying, what are you working on today? Or like, hey, indie makers, what are you building? And I would always find an excuse to talk about my product. So that was basically my first steps into Twitter. That was like 10 or 11 months ago. And it wasn't very successful, obviously, but it got me some it was better than nothing because I had nothing going on before that almost except in the hackers. And quickly I saw the potential of Twitter because I had some traffic and it was better quality than I thought because I assumed Twitter would be low quality traffic because I always heard and believed if you have social media traffic, it's going to be low quality because people are like, you know, busy looking at a feed and like they're just like checking you out in like a couple of seconds and then they come back, like they close it, uh, the browser or anything. So I didn't have hopes for that, but then I realized, wow, I mean, it's similar quality than indie hackers. Like it's like, it's good quality traffic. So I kept going and eventually I got a few wins. Like I got one tweet, one of these, you know, dumb uh, promotion tweets got viral. I mean, viral for me at the time, that was like 60 likes and I got two, two sales and a hundred and a thousand people to my website. So that was amazing to me. And then, you know, then, you know, one thing led to another and I realized, okay, Twitter, the, the good thing about Twitter compared to, for example, indie hackers is that it's an open system. So like 
if I do indie hackers, I, I'm going to get top of the front page. Uh, and if I can do that, then I'm at the ceiling. And, you know, so basically the ceiling for indie hackers is you write a good post and you get 3000 views and you get maybe 500 people to your website and that's it. But Twitter, the ceiling is kind of infinite. So that's why it convinced me to focus on Twitter instead. Once I saw that it worked is that if you just stay focused on that, uh, and you keep going, growing in followers, it's just going to keep getting better and better in terms of reach. So you basically don't have really a ceiling and you can just keep going and get more and more traffic to your site and more awareness and, you know, all that comes with it. That's so, so cool. So a few things that stood out to me as you were talking, first of all, was that um, you were really paying attention to what was working and what wasn't. You were analyzing, you were looking at, you know, these feedback loops, you yeah. were checking and observing, like, what traffic is coming from where? How high quality is it? Because like you said, 600 clicks is a lot of clicks, but if it doesn't convert to sales, you could have 6,000 or 6 million and it's not going to grow your business. It's just going to burn you out and spend all your money and you're going to be really yeah. bad. So it's not just the number of clicks. It's like you're going one or two steps even further to how is this affecting my business? Is this actually driving new customers, new sales? And one thing that I have uh, talked to people about as I work with creators and entrepreneurs on their startups and their businesses is that marketing is not sales. They're two different things. And a lot of times people avoid the marketing because they don't want to be salesy. They don't want to come across as spamming people or only talking about themselves and their products and their business. But in reality, marketing is storytelling. It's helping people see what you believe in, what your values are, why interacting with you is beneficial to them. It's a way to share those values and to give value to people. Right. And I think too many avoid it because they just are worried that they're going to be seen a certain way or that it's going to hurt their uh, engagement or their interaction. But the best thing you can do is really to remove or separate the two realize that marketing is not sales. They're two separate things. So those are two things that really stood out. And I've realized the same thing um, in my own experience, just as I started working on this book back in August, I very consciously used it strategically as a way to grow an audience while simultaneously kind of building in public. I called it writing in public, yeah. <laughs> um, a book no, yeah, I saw for that. creators. And so it was a very strategic decision. And every week I would sit down Monday morning and I would look at all of the data that came through from that week. How many times did I share a tweet? How many times were like, what were my impressions? What kind of comments and engagement and retweets was I getting? And every week I was adjusting course and writing differently. And then I would look at the comments and see, oh, wow, this this post or this tweet, which was literally just a, a an announcement that I wrote another chapter of the book, you know, so like Josh Spector and Justin Moore yeah. and Arvid and people were retweeting it out of the blue and adding it to their newsletters with unprovoked. And that was a signal to oh, me wow. that like the the marketing, the storytelling that I was doing was working. But I think a big part of that that a lot of people miss is that it does take this analytical side of like taking even if it's 10 or 20 minutes a week 
to go in and just look at, okay, here's the work I did in marketing my business last week. What worked? And the secret, as I'm sure you would uh, you know, attest to, is all you have to do is do more of what works and less yeah, yeah. of what doesn't. <laughs> That's it. That's the secret to success, whether it's marketing or sales or finances or whatever. Um, so like, what were some of the early signals for you that you were on the right track? Um, and how did you kind of pivot into the type of content that you um, really are kind of known for here on Twitter? Yeah. So, yeah, I, as you said, like I started measuring, but it was kind of easy because I didn't have that much traffic. So I would just be looking at, you know, you know, where's the person coming from? And over time, I saw I had less and less sales from indie hikers, I mean, relatively, and more and more from Twitter. And because of that uh, growth potential of Twitter that I talked about, I, I thought I'm just going to focus on Twitter. And so, you know, so I try to keep it simple. Like I have tons of uh, event tracking on my website, but I notice, you know, the simpler, the better sometimes. So it's good to measure, but it's good to also, I mean, it's good to measure everything, but then it's good to not overthink and think of like, how can I optimize this tiny part of the few, of the funnel? Maybe it's going to help me, you know, double my sales. And it's like so exciting, but then you do it and nothing changes. So I think it's good to also keep like, kind of like a, you know, to always take a step back on that and not put, put too much hope into like tiny optimizations. I mean, not saying they cannot work, like they can definitely can, but like, you know, just trying to to not make people think that it's, I mean, it's scientific, but you also have to go also with your feelings somehow, like with your instinct. So it's like, yeah, you know, measure things and be clear on that. For example, with Twitter, like I, I mean, as soon as I knew, People came from my Twitter. I was like, okay, people come from my Twitter. They buy because of Twitter. So it means it's a good channel. Now let's do it, you know, but let's not try to, because I wasted so much time before, you know, overthinking. So I think that's why I wanted to, to make that point. Um, but now about the content I'm known for now. So it's funny. People right now always mention the memes. And that's actually the, the most interesting part is the memes because I started doing memes Oh yeah, and be and by the way, I create all of these memes because people, a lot of people say, "Where do you find them?" I'm like, "Dude, I create them," because I, I didn't think I had to make it clear, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of work to do that. But the reason I'm saying this is because I I did it for fun initially. I really did it for fun. That was a way to have fun, so I had fun making memes. It wasn't a strategy. Um, and initially it wasn't bringing me much success. I was just hiding, making a few memes. And the reason I kept doing it is because I was having fun with a few of my followers who were my indie friends. And we were just joking around about, you know, the struggles of building a startup. And, you know, I like to make jokes. So for me, it was a way to take the edge off every day, just like make a meme, make a fun meme. And, you know, that's it. But like for the first months where I did one every day, I remember like none of them got the traction or success of my other tweets, which is more like a story about what I learned on my journey. So these are the two types of content I do now, you know, my kind of like the story of my startup. And, the uh, and so, yeah, without trying to get into too much uh, complexity. Uh, yeah. The thing about the story tweets is that at first when I started, I tweeted 
uh, I tried it to sound like a Twitter guru. Like I was just like seeing all these people on Twitter be successful with like one liners. Like they just have like one sentence and it sounds amazing and everybody likes it. And I was like, wow, I need to tweet like that. So I tried to come up with amazing sounding sentence and I would tweet that and nobody would it, uh, because, you know, probably because it's stupid in a way. And like, I think it's very subtle to make a successful small sentence. You have to be very, you have to know a lot to make a good small tweet, actually. You have, it, you cannot just bullshit it. Like you have to, to really own it. And so every word is perfect and then it can be successful. At least that's my belief now. But so I started with that and it wasn't successful. And so I was like, okay, uh, I'm gonna stop pretending to be this guy who knows everything. And I'm just gonna talk about my experience. So instead of trying to make a big sentence that teaches people everything, I was like, let's just start with I. Like, I experienced this today. Like, this happened to me. Way simpler, way more humility and way more authentic. And that's when I started getting some traction. And then, you know, I played with formatting and eventually I found my own style of like, you know, writing kind of like a story tweet that I call now, which is basically about five to six lines separated by spaces and usually with an emoji at the end of each line. It's kind of like a short story with like intro uh, and then, you know, like, you know, you set up the context, then you talk about the problem and then the solution and then, you know, the emotional journey from ups and downs and finding a solution and learning something. So I try to share the learnings that I have with my startup that way. And going back now full circle to the time of creating the memes, at that time, these story tweets were way more effective. I would be having like 500 likes on many of these tweets back when I had like a thousand followers. So that was big. It was getting viral. And with my memes, it was like 30 or 50, like it was or like 100, but like way less than the other ones. And also, it's not just that, it's also engagement and followers. Like people, when you make a meme, they just laugh at the image, but they keep scrolling. They don't click on your profile as much. They're not curious about you. They don't really, you know, they just have fun and scroll down and keep scrolling. But when you write a story that's more personal, then they're curious. And that's, I think, the core of my, you know, quote unquote, success on Twitter it's actually these story tweets. Because when I do a story tweet, I talk about my startup, but I don't actually say what my startup is. I just talk about, this is what I went through with my startup. So this makes for like a universal lesson that people can learn from. And so it makes them incredibly curious. You know, Some of my biggest tweets like this, it got me uh, 1,600 clicks to my profile so you know some of my most successful tweets talking about one of my experiences like this it's a thousand people to my website uh you know it's 300 followers so compared to memes it's way better in terms of conversion and now to just man there's this on the meme yeah <laughs> there's um, so much with there's so much wisdom in there <laughs> yeah i'm like, sorry i have I too hope, much to say i hope people are taking notes right now um <laughs> I want, so I want to um, let people know, like, we're going to open it up for Q&A in just a minute. So if you've got a question for either of us, go ahead and raise your hand here in the space and we'll uh, get to you in just a minute. Um, but I kind of want to summarize what I took away from what, from your strategy there, yeah, because yeah. one of the best things that you and I can give people that are listening is to, to come away with like a plan to go and do something similar. Like if your goal is to, 
drive more traffic to your business, to grow awareness for your brand, uh, you've done it. And like, you just laid out such a great strategy in there. So it starts with like this outcome that you were after, which is I want, I need more high quality traffic to my site. You tried indie hackers, you tried Google ads, you tried sponsorships. It wasn't working. So you didn't just give up and say marketing is not for me or I suck at marketing. You kept going until you found something. And then in there, you said that you created a meme every day for a month. And like, that's a huge commitment where I see a lot of creators start on something, myself included. So this isn't a judgment thing. I include myself in this where you'll, I'll start on something and give it three or five days. And if it doesn't deliver or perform, then it's like, well, that didn't work. So I really committed. Mm. It was a perfect timing. When I started writing my book, it was right when Jay Klaus um, started this tweet 100 challenge. And I was just like, oh, this is perfect because I knew I've written a book before. I knew it was going to take, you know, a few months. And I'm like, great, 100 days. That's totally enough time to write a book. So I'm just going to say something every day about the book writing process, whether it's publishing a new chapter or today I worked on a landing page or today I hired an editor, whatever it might be. And I, I knew that build in public worked because I'd followed people like yourself and others who were doing it and sharing their experiences, you know, yourself, Daniel Vasallo, Arvid Call, yeah. Kevin Chung, like there's a lot of people who have done this successfully. So I knew it worked and I, it was a perfect time to be like, all right, I'm going to commit to a hundred days. And I mean, if you look, it was my pin tweet up until today, but I think I only got to like day 73 because by the yeah. time I hit day 60, the book was done and I was moving on and I, I went and produced a movie and I wasn't tweeting every day. Yeah, well, like, you, you had all... <laughs> got what you needed out of the commitment. So it was it exactly, was yeah. exactly. But in that time, I got 200 new followers to my email list for a yeah. brand new list that I started. I sold over two, let's, what are we at? $1,250 in pre-sales of the book and what people don't usually see when people talk about book launches and stuff, just the process of building in public landed me a consulting gig that's paying me many thousands of dollars a month and, and coaching clients. And so just the process of building in public, showing up every day, talking about something consistently, let people see that like, Oh, this is somebody who does this type of thing. And if, if I want this kind of value or this kind of outcome, this person can help me with it. But it only happens when you show up every day consistently for weeks yeah. months at a time where people can start trusting you and going, oh, this person's here to stay. They Every time I pop yeah, on yeah, Twitter, yeah. they're here, they're talking about book writing or they're talking about creative economy or they're talking about logos or they're talking about building in public or whatever. So all of a sudden you become like this key person of influence for the people yeah. that are following you. And that's yeah. when things like really start to kick off and you start getting this leverage and everything starts to compound and compound. And, you know, this is me speaking as someone with like 1500, 1600 followers here. I still have a six figure business as a solo creator because of all this kind of work that I do. So it doesn't, it doesn't only happen when you reach 10,000 or 20,000 followers. Like you well, can even, do this. It's even the opposite. Like I feel some, you know, I feel vulnerable sharing that, but I'm not making nearly that amount. Like right now I'm like making 3K a month. Mm-hmm. And and so 
it's really about and it's but like it's not it's not because my following is not good it's because i have like my product is probably not the best one for my following right now it's not an issue with the product but more with the market so it's something else and but what i wanted to say is that there's really something about i mean it's it's really about connecting with people and the right people so it's like if you can connect with people uh you know on a deep way it's enough like you, you like it, you don't need uh you know millions of followers to be successful actually the more followers you have like usually the less successful you are in business like i noticed that <laughs> like uh some people i used to really look up to when uh, i started out now i started you know meeting them and i see they're like struggling and they're broke and i was like oh shit i had no idea um so there's this there's this thing about uh what matters is the connections that you build like the and the what can i say like the 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 trust and the bond that you create with people so that when they need you they really can work with you and then there's going to be of course like the product the price of your product and how much it's needed but yeah it it doesn't have to be i mean you have tons of accounts your size who are making a killing because it's enough like it's i mean if you, for example like if i was doing service like if i was selling you know if if tomorrow i start selling uh you know marketing services or like meme making services uh mm -hmm. very expensive and i do that i could probably make you know way more money um so it's really about uh so yeah it depends on your product but uh, you don't need a big audience to make money necessarily yeah so so true all right let's um we've got an awesome group of people here i'd love to see who's got questions about you know building in public or growing your business on twitter um anything that you've got questions about go ahead and just raise your hand and we'll be able to bring you up and open your mic and we can uh start jamming on some of that and in the meantime as people are thinking about what questions they have i think it's just um it's really important for people to realize that it's these this idea of consistent action really, really, really is powerful. And it's about showing up every day, consistently giving value before any transaction happens. Um, yeah. You know, it's all that mindset stuff around building in public and showing up consistently on a social media site um, really comes before any of the outcomes um, happen. So, all right, we've got um, Axel here. You've got a question for us. Go ahead and unmute yourself. And what do you got? Hi, everyone. Thanks for the uh, thanks for this. Like, there's so much value. I, I loved it. Thank you, Dago. Thank you, Darren. Uh, my question was about uh, uh, when you build in public. How do you choose um, what to share, and how do you choose um, uh, how you share things? Do you just share what you're doing? Do you share um, uh, something specific like maybe your struggles or uh, how you deal with things or is there like a certain approach you take great uh, question yeah so should we both answer it uh, i think so oh, yeah and i okay. will say really quickly i try to say this every time and i almost forgot this time but like when q a's happen when you're at an event or on a space like this it's such a great time to open your notebook and take notes and write down the questions that people ask because that will give you prompts for future content. 
whether oh, you're shit, a writer, yeah. whether you're doing, whether you're reading, wh whatever it is that you are doing, these questions can inspire your content for the next week or month if you're paying attention. So uh, let's have you yeah, start, you though. How do you answer that question, Diego? Well, wait, I have to hide it down now. <laughs> so wait, let me see. So the question was, how I do love you... It. Um, how do you decide what to share when building public? So for me, so thank you, Axel, you know, first and foremost. Uh, and yeah, for me, after trying many things, what I do is, I mean, there needs to be either a lesson that I learned or uh, a positive emotion or no, actually not even positive, like a strong emotion. Like for example, if something, you know, amazing happens, like I get like tons of sales on the same day or something like that, I would be excited to share it because like it's exciting. So I know it will resonate with people. Or if I have a very shitty day, I might also share it. I mean, if, if there's a reason for it, like something that people can resonate with, I will share it. Although, you know, you should avoid sharing something that's just flat out depressing, but more like something that's hard to go through and you are looking for hope, like that can be inspiring too. And then the most common thing I share is it's mostly like a lesson I learned. So like I'm always going to share a story about what I've experienced. So it can be like something I was building, something I'm working on, something I'm, you know, usually I, it's pretty philosophical of like the, the, the thing about being a founder, but it can apply to anything you build, really. The key is to have a problem and then a solution. So like people can learn from it. Like if you just share uh, something like flat, like, oh, okay, I did this today, you know, I mean, well, that's nice. But if you can do, if you can transform that into today, I had this problem, then I found this solution. And now this gives me hope for X, Y, Z. Then it's like 10 times more powerful because like, the, like you turn something uh, that was mundane into a story. And then now people actually can have emotion when they read it. Like they're not just like happy for you. They're also like uh, learning something maybe about themselves, about how they would be in the same situation. They resonate with it strongly. So yeah, my number one thing I share and I advise to share with Bill in public is like something that you went through that got you a learning experience or like a fun experience or an excitement or a you know, hard moment to go through. And then how you actually, what you got out of it and what's, what you learned uh, so that can actually help other people learn something too. Thank you. That was super. That was super clear. So, so just to summarize, it's basically you have some sort of event you want to share, and you turn into a story with a problem, a solution, and some sort of resolution. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Or something you've learned. Uh, I think I think that was missing from. Okay, okay, okay. I think I think that's something I was missing from um, the approach I was taking. I didn't understand this uh, this slight. Um, yeah. Uh, this uh, this point of view. But yeah, thank you, thank you. That was super nice. Yeah, that's awesome, Dago. I I want to add on. I think thank there's um, one of the important things is realizing that like your audience wants something from you. That's why they're following you. It may be entertainment. It may be inspiration. It may be that that you have a different um, opinion or 
a different worldview. But as you build your audience, whether you have 40 or 150 or 5,000 followers, your audience is, there's a big overlap among those group of people. And so you got to always think about what is in it for them, because <laughs> that's what they're thinking about. What's in it for me? Yeah, exactly. An example I can share is like, if you follow, if you're on Instagram, for example, and you're following a chef and all they do is post the images of the food they make. Well, that's great. Maybe you like looking at juicy chicken and awesome pizza and burgers and stuff like that. But I guarantee that they would grow a lot faster if they posted a picture and the recipe, because all of a sudden now they're providing value to someone who is following them because they want to be like them. They want to be able to cook food and that looks the same and tastes the same and et cetera, et cetera. So apply that to Twitter. If you just say, today I wrote 100 pages or 100 pages, <laughs> that's a lot. Today I wrote a thousand words in my book. Great. You know, you'll probably get some people who give you a thumbs up and like your tweet and et cetera, et cetera. But if you talk about, here's the lesson I learned, here's how to overcome writer's block. Here's something I tried today because I was stuck. Here's a, a, a cool trick that I learned in the software that I used to write my book. Then all of a sudden you're, you're building in public in the sense that you're sharing updates about what you're doing and what you're working on, but you're also giving value to your audience. One of the most, um, I'll call it quasi-viral or semi-viral things that I've shared in the last few months as I've been taking Twitter more seriously was I shared uh, an entire thread about how someone could make more money off me the next time they hire, next time I hire them. I was working, I was producing a movie. I was talking with the caterer, the chef that was providing food every day for us. I and I literally that. had a conversation with them. Yeah, I had a conversation with them about, well, here's how you can make more money off me next time. And that thread went viral because all of a sudden I was sharing a worldview. I was sharing an opinion and a belief and values that was beneficial to my audience, which is made up of creators and freelancers and contractors and entrepreneurs and founders who are all trying to make money, who are all trying to grow their businesses. So an entire thread on how to make more money, that's very valuable, which is why I think it got shared so many times and why so many people engaged with it, because I was thinking first and foremost about how do I take this story and create a valuable thing for people to consume on Twitter? So it's taking that one extra step of what is my, what does my audience care about? What, am, what do they value? What do they want from me? And giving it to them. The more you do that, the more valuable you become for them. And that's how you can start growing your business by saying, if you like this thread, go check out my newsletter. If you like this thread, uh, check out my logo business. If you like this thread, go check out my book, which I could say right now, if you like this space, check out the book that's pinned <laughs> yeah. on the top of this thing, right? I can only do that. And people are going to click on it because I created this space where people can get value out of taking their time and giving us their attention, right? So it, the more that you can think about providing value, I think the better off you're going to be. Sorry, that was a little bit of a, a soapbox spiel there. <laughs> Yeah, but that's perfect. Like, that's really the perfect, you know, uh, that, that's what you say. Like, this taking that last step that a lot of people are not taking when they build in public, it's converting the, here's what I did today, and going actually one extra step and being like, here's what you can learn from my journey today. 
and that changes everything in terms of like how much people can relate and engage with it. Yep. So, so true. All right. Who's got another question? Axel, thank you. That was a great question and we got some good stuff there. There we go. We got does, a show coming up. Does anyone have a question? Hey, Joe, welcome. Your presence, your online presence. Uh, what are your thoughts on using your real name um, versus your kind of like the name of your business? Do you know what I mean? So, or... Yes, okay, that's a good yeah. question. I think Dago and I are both writing it down because we want to write about yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. That, that was, that's what I was doing. Um, yes, I'm going to start. So thank you, Joe. If it's your real name, because it seems like it's like... It, it is. You. Well, it's the kind of like English name of okay. the... Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> of the real name. No, no. Okay, good, good. I was like, maybe it's just like a fake name so you know just okay just for asking that um yeah yeah uh you can do either like you can build a a good account with a brand with like you know just the name of the brand and like uh, a logo and a picture or you can do it with your face and your own name i mean now my experience is like and i always take this example and and like, would you rather follow Apple or Steve Jobs? So, you know, usually people say Steve Jobs because like, I mean, who gives a shit about product updates? You just want to hear from the visionary, you know, because that's who inspires you. And I think that's basically it. Like you, both can be valuable, but if you want to truly connect with people and connect like create an emotional bond with them and make them really care about what you're doing, which is, you know, the most effective way for them to start becoming fans of your product for, you know, them to speak about it, word of mouth, trust you by your product. I feel like there's nothing better than using your face, your name, um, and being the most uh, authentic you can be about who you are and what you are aspirations are like people they want to relate to someone you know they want to relate to someone and to identify to like oh this guy or this person is like me and not like this brand you know it's way harder to do with a brand so you can definitely do yeah, it I with see. either it's just that it's e easier i think uh you know when you do it with a personal account now there might be some things you know that come into play like Maybe it's a type of content you don't want to be associated with personally. You know, there, there are some valid reasons for that. But if you don't have anything like that, uh, it's worth putting yourself out there, I'd say. Okay, well, it, it's not really a secret, but I kind of like the anonymity. Um, but it wouldn't be an issue okay. to go out with my name. But uh, it's just um, uh, I'm more kind of like an introvert and stay in the background. <laughs> That's why. No, yeah, I understand. I understand. Like it's, uh, well, you know, it also depends. Like maybe, you know, what helped me, for example, is for a long time, I had like a, an account on Twitter that was more like family and like people I knew from real life. 
And then, you know, I stopped using it for years. And then I kind of like started over with a new account. And now it was dedicated to like my startup, my projects and all. And it was easier to, you know, to, to be myself without mixing up with like personal stuff, politics, you know, all these topics that are very, you know, hard to mix up. So, you know, I don't know if it's your case, but I was thinking maybe if that's the case, that's easier to start with a fresh account if you have some, you know, some worries about that. Yeah, that, that's another thought that, um, that yeah, I, I don't want to, like on, on a business account, I don't want to share any political views. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to piss off anyone. It's about the neutral business. Um, so, yeah, that's also why I would tend toward uh, kind of like an anonymous um, yeah, business no, account that. To, to my name. To go back to earlier in the conversation, you know, one thing to think yeah. about, Joe, is what's the, what's the outcome that you care about? You know, are you looking to grow a personal brand? Are you looking to grow a business? Are you looking to get more traffic? And then really optimizing what your strategy is on Twitter for that outcome. Because what I think or what Dago thinks or what anyone else thinks might not be right for you and your business. I tend to agree with Dago. I think people want to follow people more than they want to follow businesses. And if you're going to have a business account, you should also have a personal account where you can talk about building the business. And that's going to drive the people who want to go and check out the business over there but you're going to be able to get a lot uh, broader following, I think, from a personal account than a business account. And two people who have done this really well, in my opinion, are um, Sahil Lavindia, who's the CEO of Gumroad. Uh, for a long time, he ran the Gumroad social like Twitter account. And the other one is Justin Moore. His account is Justin Moore T Fam, and then his business is Creator Wizard. So he's constantly like boosting the Creator Wizard account on his personal account. Um, but he's building up both because he wants the, the brand to have value, to have a big following because he, who knows, maybe he wants to sell it someday. Maybe he just wants to get more awareness for his brand and his personal account is bigger at the moment. So he's constantly able to, you know, signal boost his, per, his business. So if you're going to do a business account, I strongly recommend having both because there's a ton of benefit to be able to talk about your business and building it and then pointing people to that business if they're interested. So great question. Thank you. Um, we've probably got time for one Thank or two you. more. So we've got uh, Swati, I think is pro I'm guessing that's how you pronounce your name. Why don't you unmute yourself, ask your question and uh, see where we go from there. Um, good evening, sir. Thank you for inviting me to this speaker. Uh, and uh, my question to you is that uh, I'm on Instagram and uh, I'm an MUA, and I'm a model too. But uh, Twitter was supposed to be just fun for me. It was yes, I have a personal brand. I have. I'm an entrepreneur. But Twitter was supposed to be fun, and I'm just posting random tweets. But I'm not getting any likes, or uh, like I don't have any family, or like these personal spaces have a lot of people who are following them, and they have a lot of DMs and for me. So how to uh, actually create a great uh, Twitter platform, not just for my work, but also Swati Grover as a brand? That's a great question. I'm going to give okay. a short answer. And the short yeah. answer is don't post random tweets. <laughs> you know, find, find one thing that you want people to come to you for. 
Um, you know, if, if you're McDonald's, people come to you for cheap food. And if you're Sizzler, they come to you for a buffet of food. And if you're Ruth's Chris, they come to you for really expensive steaks. So none of those have all three, right? McDonald's doesn't have a buffet or highly expensive steaks and vice versa. So what do you want to be known for? And what do you, what kind of audience do you want to create here? And who do you want to spend time with? That's the other thing to think about is an audience is great, but not if they are a ton of people that you would never want to talk to or hang out with in real life, you know? So you really want to think about who do you want to spend time with and then what do they value? And then really focusing in your tweets on giving that value consistently instead of just having random tweets every day or once a week or once a month. Thank you so much. Tom. Thank you for answering the question. Thank you. Yeah. And add one thing about the technical part about to get likes, because you like you just said that how to get I think you muted yourself, buddy. Yeah, I muted myself. Okay. Okay, anyway, saying, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I was saying, uh, in the end, I want to reply about the likes, like, because like, we all want to get likes. Like, even if we want to bring value, we also want to get likes, uh, you know. So, yeah, something to understand about Twitter on a technical aspect is, uh, imagine the algorithm, okay, in, I mean, try to think about when you open the feed, what you see first. And Twitter is going to show you first of people you engage with. Okay. This is what you show you, tweets of people you have sent DMs to, people you commented on, people you liked in the past, people like that. Okay. That's the first thing you see. So how do you, on the opposite side, make it so that your tweets are the so well you have to engage with them first like you basically have to start engaging with other people as a way you know technical companies because they're gonna probably engage back because like if you value to their own tweets by replying Eventually, they're going to reply to you or, you know, you're going to start building a relationship with them. And so Twitter is going to start showing your content first in their feed. That's how you're going to get the flicks. You know, if you do that with like a bunch of like you really care about, like you really resonate with and you get into the habit of interacting with a bunch of people regularly. Eventually, all of your tweets, you're going to get some likes right away. And they're going to get a chance of getting seen by more people. So that's more of like how the, and then maybe they can get viral. Like how the Twitter app Hopefully. shows your tweets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> so smart. So, um, yes, unfortunately, I see we got two other questions, but I have to wrap up because I have a call in five more minutes. Um, but really, I wanted to say thank you to Dago oh, no. and thank you to everybody who was here in the space with us. Um, my do, do you think I can continue? So if you've got questions, oh, sorry, feel real? free to put them my way. 
Well, I think if uh, if I end it, then it ends the space. And so what what you could do is start a new space on your account. Um, Just go to the spaces and hit plus and like Q&A with Dago. Um, you can continue. I'm really sorry to cut you off. I, I should have given us more than an hour to chat yeah, no, today, no, no, but okay. um, we could also do a round two at some point so and, uh, and answer some more you questions. Can send so, DMs. You can send DMs. Yeah. Perfect. So thank you all for being here for your, you know, your questions, your feedback, your thumbs up and your hearts and everything. Um, go follow Dago if you're not already. Um, I'll invite you to follow me. I've I've got a new book out today specifically written for creators to help them grow their businesses into six-figure, sustainable, resilient businesses. So you can just do what you love for a living for the rest of your life. How great does that sound? So if you just uh, go over to my profile, you can see links there to go check out the book. You can even read it for free. It's on my blog there. So go check that out. Uh, give us both a follow. And you know, thanks again for everybody being here. really appreciate you showing up and giving us your time and attention. Hit us in the DMs with your questions and excited to chat more. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Dago. This Thank was you, Carol. Bye, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. See you. See you.